you know, sucking at something is the first step towards being sort of good at something. And when you're sort of good at something, you're blasting open doors of opportunity to take that as far as you want to go. So give that silly little goose ass of yours a friendly little slap and let's launch to the stars. I'm Heath Armstrong and this is Never Stop Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. Why you letting conformity slam you up the butt? You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon while your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack what you're thinking Fuck no, you'll never stop peeking Ladies, gents, boys, girls, all of the colors, all of the shapes, all of the genders, and everything in between. I'm Heath Armstrong. I'm pumped that you are here to spend some time with me. It gets me all it gets me all excited. It gets me all juicy. And I'm gonna cover some stuff today that I really should have probably gotten into on podcasts in the past, but I had sort of a a couple year surge of wanting to have really deep conversations. And in the midst of all of that, uh, I, I sort of pulled myself away from teaching specific things that have really been able to help me. And I want to start doing that again. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff coming. I have a huge three part podcast coming out soon on how to get high without using drugs how to expand your consciousness and and open up opportunity in life without the use of drugs. And I get into a whole bunch of different avenues there, which is exciting. So stay tuned for that. I'm working on some really good stuff with all of the supplementing and, and um, I guess intake of external substances that I'm not talking about drugs specifically, but but supplements and, and brain boosting and, and mushroom tinctures and things that I do in nature and all these all these things that help me stay extremely in alignment with who I am, but also make my brain work at an incredible rate, keep my energy levels really high, and therefore expands my creativity. I'm going to be sharing a lot of that soon. And I've got a book coming, and I've been talking about this book for a while. <laughs> I haven't named it yet. But it's a mixture of all sorts of crazy stories and sort of wisdom that I've picked up along the way. And all of these things that we're going to be talking about sort of tie into this book in some way. So we're going to get into the boob of limitation and learning out how to suck the opportunity instead of being you know, trapped in conformity and limitation and resistance and procrastination. 
I'm going to get into this big visualization system that I've created and that I use that takes you all the way from your daily habits to your basically core values of who you want to be in this lifetime long term. That's going to be heavily included in the book, but we'll get into a lot of sections on this podcast as well. And I'm going to go back and cover a lot of the weapons that can help you create your freedom empire that we discussed in the Sweet Ass Journal um, that are kind of habit-forming weapons that that are the backbone of being able to use things like affirmations um, and actions every single day to bring your visions to life. So that's going to be exciting. But today, today I want to talk about a stinky little kinky little rinky little dinky little thing called minimalism or eliminating distractions in particularly. And as I work on getting this book completed and launched, we're going to be going back and really rediscovering the power of all of these amazing uh, tools and practices that, that I have implemented. And obviously, I learned from interviewing hundreds of creative people around the world, and, and they have implemented. And so many of you who have interacted with me through either using the journaling system or another outlet from some other amazing creative person online – um, or someone in your life, or you just self-discovering the, the brilliance of doing specific types of habits and uh, journaling systems and actions um, through all of these things. Um, we're gonna we're gonna go a little bit deep. We're gonna go a little bit deep. Yes, we are. We're gonna get back into them. So let's hit some tunes real quick, and let's get directly into the episode. If you want to enter the giveaway for each episode, which we do select people and send out uh, gifts like the affirmation decks, like journaling systems, you can go to heatharmstrong.com forward slash giveaway. Episodes are always brought to you by the Sweet Ass Affirmation Deck, which is available on Amazon or at ragecreate.com. It's doing really well. Thank you to all who have left reviews for us. And we have a second deck coming out really soon. The design is done. The box design is in. Waiting on printing going to start hearing some things about that launch as well. I'm pumped about that deck because it is just an extension of the first, and the first one was a really fun project and obviously has been something that has spread by word of mouth pretty drastically to thousands of people because we get tagged and sharing, and it's changed my life in ways I could have never imagined. I hope that if you have been interacted with the deck, it has helped you make better decisions in some cases and helped lighten your mood as well and helped you Destroy your fucking resistance, gremlins, those stinky little fuck show bastards. We got to stomp them down sometimes. All right, let's hit some tunes. I'll see you on the other side. That 
was a noise that I heard a lot when I was in college. Had some interesting roommates. I really had some interesting roommates. And you know with me, when I start thinking about stories, I kind of can connect the dots as to how I learned something in those moments that teaches, or that helps me stay on course long term. Um, you know, there's this one guy, this big, this big dude who, he liked, he liked boys, like really liked boys. And we lived in this, this quad and there was four quads and then there was two of us in each room. Well, he lived in a room by himself for some reason, but he was a photographer and he also liked filming boys. (laughs) And, uh, he would come in the bath, you know, the, the showers in the bathroom were like kind of community. There were two shower heads in the one shower area, but really no one at this point, you know, 2004 dudes just weren't like taking showers together anymore. Like they were back in like the porky days in the seventies or whatever. And, uh, he would come in and, and try to take pictures of you and like get in the shower and shit, particularly to my best friend, money shot. He'd always try to take pictures of money shot. He liked, he had a big crush on old money shot. And how could you not? He's got like a 30 pack and, uh, well, his name's money shot. That's intriguing. That draws people in. But this guy who would come in and take pictures, I'm not going to give him a name. I'll just call him big L big L, uh, he did this, but whoever was in there, you knew it was coming. Like you knew he was doing it and therefore it would affect your energy. Maybe you'd get weirded out. Maybe you'd be insecure. Maybe you'd be like angry because somebody's invading your private privacy. You know, that's, that's an example of something from the, from the external world coming in and affecting you internally. Might be an extreme example, but this happens on minuscule levels every single day. Somebody flips you the bird when driving. Maybe you spill a little coffee on yourself, you know, or there's all these little things that can happen that can affect your energy internally that were external things that really shouldn't um, have affected your energy. Well, him coming in and trying to take pictures and stuff of you in the shower, like, you know, that's going to affect you. It really is. Money Shot knew it was happening, and that was that. You know, it might have affected his day. It might have affected his week. It, it affected my life, obviously, because I'm sitting here talking about it right now. Had we not known that it happened, would it have really affected us? Probably not. There's another guy who lived in that quad, and this guy, we'll just call him Stinky Z. Stinky Z, this guy would just get, like, blackout beyond reason. I mean, he... He only wore these giant like NFL jerseys and he was definitely dealing drugs for sure. Eating pills all the time. I mean, he had all sorts of different types of drugs. And he would bust in at like 3 or 4 a.m. every single night and he'd pass out, but then it wouldn't be long before he'd be back up again walking around trying to walk into other people's rooms in the quad and he was a sleep shitter. So you've probably had people that you've known that peed when they slept like slept would sleepwalk and go in a corner and pee or something or get really drunk and go pee somewhere i mean i ran into a lot of people like that but this was the only person i've ever met that would wake up from a sleep and walk around and go take a shit i mean think about how disgusting that is so we got big l who's taking you know pictures and videos of you when you're in the shower then we got this other dude big 
uh, Stinky Z, who's at any given time, you could be awakened by a monstrous scare of this guy busting in your room and taking a dump on your couch. I mean, he shit on couches. He would try to shit in closets. There was one time when Money Shot and I were sleeping because we were in the same room together. And he busted through our door at like 4 a.m. And he opened the closet and he tried to squat and take a shit in the closet before we were able to stop him. That affected us. It angered us, first of all. It affected our sleep. And we let that guy's toxic energy come into us and then bring us down in certain ways. So, it's it's an interesting slope of experiences we get in life, right? And this next story... I'm going to tell it. It's even more disgusting. It's probably even more vile. I mean, I guess depending on opinion. Also another quad story. But there's a little bit of a twist on this one. Because it taught me something. So we had these other two roommates. One of them kind of had a voice like Cartman. And he was one of those dudes who just really thought it was funny to fuck with people and like just do gross things, but he was good at it. So he didn't get caught that often. We had a roommate that everyone kind of hated because this guy was a total douchebag. He was always bragging you know, always working out, showing us his biceps, talking about how strong he was and shit. No one fucking cares, man. And, um, they hated each other really. And they lived, they were in the same room. Well, I'm sitting there, maybe doing homework, probably not, probably more so like playing computer games or some shit, whatever I did back then. And the guy, we'll just call him Koo, he comes in from his room and he says, hey guys, uh, why don't you come back here and see what I just did? I want to show you something. We were like, oh God, you know? You never knew what was going to happen when, when Koo would come in and say things like that. But we go in his room and he points to the bed of his roommate, the douchebag guy. We'll just call him Douchey Doo. So we look at Douchey Doo's bed. And, I mean, this is absolutely vile and disgusting. Just forewarning. If you don't want to hear it, you can turn this off. But the coup beat off on this other guy's bed. Splurged all over it. Just... Just wads of pearl diamond semen all over this guy's comforter, his pillow. I mean, he really had to have done, put some serious effort into trying to spread this around as much as he did. Absolutely fucking disgusting. Yeah, fuck that guy. He's going to get it. That's what he said. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. He was so proud of himself for doing this. Well, at that very moment, the, the door busts open from the outside and in comes Douchey Do with this new girl that he had met on campus and he wanted to show her off to us and he's so proud that he has this girl with him and she's a pretty attractive girl and as he opens the door he introduces her I think her name was Kristen maybe he's like this is Kristen and he jumps on his bed because it's the closest bed towards the door he jumps on his bed on his back and he's looking up at us, and he puts his hands behind his head as a rest, you know, like he's laying there all satisfied. 
And he's just fucking laying in all this semen. I mean, bull. And he's and he's smiling and he's happy. And then she gets on the bed with him and like they start talking to us. And Money Shot and I just get the fuck out of that room. We're like, all right, we're out, we're out of here, right? He never noticed that he jumped into a bed full of semen. He never noticed. Somehow it soaked into his clothes or whatever may have happened. He did not notice that that happened. Now, because this is where I want to get to. Because he didn't notice, it's not like when you notice someone's trying to take pictures of you in the shower. It's not like when some dude busts in your room, takes a shit, and it pisses you off. He didn't notice that this happened at all. And because of that, it didn't hurt him. It didn't distract him. The other things we knew about, it triggered us. It angered us. It hammered our energy. But because he did not know that he jumped in this pile of semen, it didn't distract him. It didn't hurt him. So what does that mean? It means that things we are aware of, they do affect us to some extent. But a huge part of life is learning how to not react to things. And then to get to a point where the things that we are aware of that could be affecting us actually affect us about as little as if we didn't know they happened at all. Because things that we don't know that happen, they don't affect our energy internally, which is why it's so important to eliminate distractions in life and hone in on your focus. Stay in your lane of what you are trying to bring into reality and don't worry about anyone else. It doesn't matter if people are talking shit behind your back. It does not matter if there are toxic people trying to bring you down off your freedom throne. If you do not pay attention to what they're doing, it will not affect you. A lot of us have quite a bit of neurosis involved in our lives. Like We get neurotic and we go seeking things that are going to conflict with us just so we can engage back and feel like we're using our energy on something, although most of the time it's fucking toxic. It's a drain of our energy, and it's keeping us from focusing on the things that we actually love, the things that will really bring true happiness into our life, the things that will really, really allow us to create the life that we want to live, the life that we love, our destinies. Because Douchey Do didn't know he was rolling around in semen, he was probably pretty happy the rest of that day. He had a new girl. He got her to go in his bed with him, you know? It doesn't matter to him that the coup busted a load all over his bed because he doesn't know. He never knew. It would have been similar to the principle of the coup just sitting in our room with us and talking a bunch of shit about juicy, douchey, douchey, <laughs> douchey do. He wouldn't have known, and, and who cares? You know, they say your ears might burn if someone's talking shit about you. Who cares? It does not matter what they're doing. Don't let it affect you. Don't let it destroy your focus. Stay in your lane. Don't worry about anyone else. So, with that being said, I want to get into the the topic of minimalism and the the pathway of releasing all distractions so that you can bring simplicity and focus into your life. 
We're going to talk about digital stuff. We're going to talk about clutter, mentally, physically. You know, when I was most unhappy, deeply in debt, confused about all of the directions of my life, my life, my life, <laughs> I had a four-bedroom house full of endless furniture and, and clothes and junk drawers full of shit and an infinite selection of things to take care of. Because I had all of these things distracting me, I never really felt unproductive because I was always doing something to upkeep and manage all of that shit. But there's a huge difference between being productive in ways that matter, which would be things that mainly contribute to your freedom and happiness, versus being productive in ways that provide zero value and purpose towards who you want to become and what you want to bring into your life. If you hear all that noise in the background, it's pouring rain here and I'm outside, so it's quite nice. Running around like a, a, a fucking maniac all day to get supplies that you need to fix and upgrade and clean all of the junk in your house. And then actually spending the time to fix and update and clean the junk in your house with the supplies that you just bought is probably pretty average for how most of us spend our lives. You know, at the end of the weekend, we might feel good because the 1,200 items in our homes are in place and cleaned and, and we can finally relax and have a beer before returning to work on Monday, right? We get to take a couple breaths at the end of Sunday night and be like, ah, we took care of all of our things. So now we can start the week over and do it all over again. It wasn't until I discovered a little secret that I was able to start my campaign to begin removing distractions and eliminate debt and create clarity and eventually create the life that I thought was once impossible. What is the secret? You don't own your things. Your things own you. And you got to get that shit out of your life if you want to manifest freedom. You have to create a habit of minimizing your distractions so that you can fuel your focus and eliminate obstacles that cause anxiety and stress and worry and restriction. You don't own your things. Your things own you. Social media, email, family, friends, material belongings, cell phones, advertisements, all of these things can in some way distract you. I'm not saying they're all bad and they all need to be completely eliminated. But you need to create habits around managing your time spent engaging with these things so that you can focus on bringing the life that you want into reality. I interviewed a lot of creative entrepreneurs on the Artsy Now show before I even started this podcast. And so many of them were really good at eliminating distractions and honing in on their focus. Well, it makes a lot of sense, right? If you focus on something that you truly love, you're going to spend a lot more time doing things that you truly love, which is going to create a lifestyle of being in love and being of love and creating with passion and happiness. You know, Co-founder of Rage Create, Jason Berwick, 
But he was living out of two suitcases when I met when I met him. And he had this rule that all of his belongings must fit into his car so that he can always be on the road with a new adventure. As far as I know, he's still doing that. Best-selling author of, man, I think she's written over 50 books now. Honoré Corder, you've heard me talk about her before. She's been on, uh, she was on the Artsy Now show a few times. I don't think she's been on this show yet, but I should get her on here. She moved out of her dream house and into an apartment with her daughter so that she could find more clarity despite being ultra successful. The smaller the space, the less things that she owned, the less distractions, more clarity. I interviewed other people who would sit on the floor in empty rooms to work. And that's something that I've really adopted in my life, something that I really truly have found a lot of peace in is having rooms with nothing in them except for a floor pad and maybe a floor desk, a couple books, some incense, and some plants. That brings a lot of peace for me because there's nothing to distract me and everything is very serene. Dave Lent, a mentor of mine, director of the famous PBS documentary Life Without, a documentary from inside a San Quentin prison, he preferred minimalism because it forced more interaction with objects of value outside of his home. So because he didn't have particular things in his home, like a television, he would then seek experiences by going outside of his home and spending time with people doing remarkable things or climbing up a mountain and watching what truly excites and can blow your mind. Television of nature, right? If you want something that's really exciting, go look outside and turn the tube off. Turn that stinky little boop tube off. Also, that documentary is bomb sauce. If you guys can find it and get a hold of it, he was the, you know, he he was the first camera that they let inside San Quentin, and on camera something really tragic happened. A prisoner got stabbed to death right in front of his camera, and it turned into a whole ordeal, which eventually became that documentary. But check it out. But listen really closely because this is something that I share in a lot of different posts. It's on the back of one of our affirmation cards in the Sweet Ass Affirmations deck. When you have less stuff, you have fewer distractions. When you have fewer distractions, you awaken your awareness. When you are more aware, you pay attention to the areas of life that matter the most, like forming stronger relationships and engaging in higher levels of creativity. And as you form stronger relationships and engage in higher levels of creativity and even combine the two, you continuously open up new doors that lead directly to clarity and purpose and meaning in life. And when you live your life with clear intent, you will discover that the pursuit of happiness that you dream of is not only possible, it's absolute. Clear intent allows direct focus on creating purpose and value and meaning in life which is the only way to create true happiness and freedom. There's a lot of other perks that start, that basically explode from the practice of minimalism too. Like eliminating the emotional and physical cost of all of these things. Because these costs are much greater than you think. 
When you have things, I'm talking physical things or digital clutter in things, there are costs that are involved with taking care of them, with accessorizing them, with upgrading them, with updating them, with charging them and storing them and maintaining and worrying about them, thinking about them, dusting them, cleaning them, protecting them, and even replacing them when you finally get bored. And you are spending your time and your money and your energy and your brain power to make sure that all of these things are taken care of, which leaves you little time and little money and little energy and brain power for carving out and working towards the magnificent future that you truly deserve and that you truly desire, frankly. So why the fuck would you cram your life with all of these things that are unnecessary that you don't need that you have to spend all this time upkeeping when it's keeping you from bringing your attention around a giant hug of the things that you desire and deserve? Well, it's because resistance and procrastination and hesitation gremlins love to make you think that all these shiny objects are going to make you happier. Because it keeps you in place and it keeps you from creating. And creating is the power that we share with the gods, the power to bring things into form, into new life. The things that will stay here in influence long before your physical meat suit expires. Moot suit, moot suit, meat suit. Look, when I first started my campaign to become minimal... I followed the lead of the people that I was interviewing, of course. And also the minimalists at the time were blowing up. You know, they were the ones that kind of made it big with their PR for, for being this these two guys who were living very simple lives. They gave up their their big jobs and things like that to be more simple. Joshua Fields Milburn and, and Ryan Nicodemus, both from Ohio, the Dayton area, and you know, I, I watched what they were doing, and I believed in it. And then later on, I was able to actually meet them in Portland, and it was really cool. Um, I gave them a copy of the Sweet Ass Journal, told them about the influence that they had on me. They've got some good stuff out there, but they're not the first, and they're not the only ones to be living minimal. Minimal comes from really every bit of our heritage and, and all of our ancestors. Like, very few of them probably were not excessive like mostly all of them were probably pretty fucking minimal because they had to be right we didn't have the luxury of of being able to just sit in our comfort dens and creature comfort everything and stack all of this shit and and just kind of hide from the world and who we really are here to become there was a couple things i learned from them that i want to share um but also just some stuff in my experience to help you get started on becoming more minimal. And the first thing I kind of want to talk about is the it's a game. It's called 30 Days of Minimalism. It's very simple. You can do it alone or you can partner up with a friend. It's more fun if you do it with a friend and you have a little bit of accountability. And if you've already gone through a minimalist purge this is still fun to do do it over again because over time we start to collect more things and then we realize like is this item actually contributing value to our lives and our visions and if the answer is no you can also purge it but each day for 30 days 
you're going to get rid of the number of items for whatever day you are on. And don't act like you don't have this much shit because you do. You do. Open up your fucking drawers in your place. Open up your car dashboard. Open up your cell phone apps. You have a lot of shit that is there to distract you. Each day for 30 days, you're going to get rid of the number of items for whatever day you were on. So, for example, on day one, you're going to get rid of one thing. And I want you to keep a journal, to keep a log of what you're getting rid of and how it makes you feel. That's really important to get your emotions and your feelings tied into this. On day one, you get rid of one thing. On day two, you get rid of two more things. On day three, you get rid of three more things. All the way up to day 30 in which you get rid of 30 more things. As you climb the staircase, it gets easier to get rid of things because you're learning how to detach yourself from these. Day one, just to get rid of that one thing could be pretty fucking hard. I remember it being really hard. What was really hard was like that day five through 10 phase for me because... It's more objects, and you really have to release attachments to a number of things. But once you get past a certain zone, it becomes addictive because you realize that when you got rid of those five things, and then you got rid of those six things, and you got rid of those seven things, and you're journaling about it, it felt so fucking good that when you get to getting rid of 25 more things, you're, you're like a Tasmanian devil raging through your place just trying to find more stuff to get rid of because it's fun. It's making you feel good. It's eliminating all of the clutter. It's increasing your clarity. When your space is pristine, your mind is pristine. So on day 30, you get rid of 30 more things, and the process of this is remarkable. It may seem like it's too much, but you're going to discover that you have way more stuff than you ever imagined that is of little value to you. And when I did this, I put a post-it note on each day's worth of items, and I took a picture of me sitting with it. So I had 30 pictures, and the 30th picture was me with 30 new objects that I was getting rid of. I kept all of those pictures as motivation for the transformation that I was undertaking. You know, it's going to get harder as you get closer to getting rid of the things that you're more attached to specifically. But this fear is totally normal. But I promise you, once you get rid of those hard items to get rid of, you're going to forget that you ever had them. And when you get to day 30, you're going to be so addicted to the feeling of freedom that you're going to keep going. I mean, I actually went way past day 30. I am not ashamed to say that I made it all the way to day 58 before I was able to eliminate all of the stuff that had no value to my life. It's so many items. I think when I do the math, it comes out to like 1,700 items or something. But it was the best feeling ever. The best feeling I had experienced in in a decade probably. And it was the seed of my freedom. Because I never felt tied down anymore. I felt free to be able to move around, create, go see things. Not have to worry about being at home to take care of the five fish tanks. Or um, you know, clean all of the shit in my house. So that's one avenue. What's the other? The other one's a little bit easier. And I actually just went through this process because I... I moved from uh, Oregon down to Tennessee for a while to work on a van that I'm building out. And I had to put all my stuff somewhere. 
And I don't really know what I put, but as I've been kind of living over the past month, I've been slowly bringing objects out that I need, but I really can't remember all the other stuff that I have stored away. So this, this is simple. It's called a, a packing party game. You kind of pack up your house like you're moving. And I mean everything. Get a bunch of boxes and you pack everything up. And over the next few weeks, anything that you need, you can go and pull it out of a box and keep. But it has to come to your head as in like, oh, I need this right now. Two weeks to a month, I would say, is a plenty of time for you to figure out what the most valuable items in your life are. The things that you're actually using. This doesn't mean that if you need something, you go unpack full boxes of junk and put them back on your shelves because you got one item out of the box. If you run into a situation where you actually need something, then remove it from the box and keep it. And these are going to be things mostly like clothes, your, your favorite dishes, things that you use most often in your kitchen, your bath items, your toiletry items, some tools maybe, your books, computer, supplements. Most of the other shit's going to be junk. After your two weeks to a month or whatever is over, have somebody help you because you're probably going to be really attached to do this, but sell, donate, or, or trash the rest of the items. You're not going to miss them, I promise, and it'll be the best feeling ever. I'm fully aware that these two approaches, 30 Days of Minimalism and also the Packing Party Game, are, are very extreme approaches. They may not be for everyone. Capricorns really like to hold on to their things, I hear. <laughs> You know, if you really love your possessions and they don't get in the way of, of your quest for freedom and happiness and you, and you live truly in purpose and alignment with what you're doing, I still urge you to try and declutter other areas of your life. Like email and social media and relationships and more. Get on your phone and delete all of the apps that you have not used in the past week. Remove your social media apps and only, you know, if you're going to check those, you can just do it once a week on your computer instead. You'd be surprised how much time you are spending scrolling aimlessly while you're drooling down your chest and it's running down your leg, in between your toes, and then down the driveway and into the road and then down the fucking road and into a sewer and then down the sewer and into some poop plant tank that then reacts with your drool and sends gases into the atmosphere, which then comes back to your house that you breathe in and you start choking on your own drool mixed with shit because you decided to spend time looking at your cell phone, social media scrolls all day. Don't let this gas toxify your body. All right. Take these fucking apps that suck your energy off your phone. Get yourself a notebook with some blank paper and a nice black fucking beautiful pen. Whatever color you like, some coloring pencils. Get a journal and start architecting what you're going to do with your time that actually takes you towards your visions and your dreams. Get on your email and set up systems to just 
eliminate all the shit coming through them. There's a cool service called unroll.me. Just go to that in your browser. You can hook it up to your Gmail and unsubscribe from all of the shit that you don't want coming to your inbox anymore. The rest of it you can add to a roll-up so that you can just view it once a week or whenever, like a newsletter. It'll show you all of the, the items that you wanted in your roll-up, so the things that are more important to you. You can read that all at once, once a week, instead of seeing them trickle into your email and suck your attention multiple times throughout the day. As these practices become habits, continue to push yourself to sustain more minimal and distraction-free lives. You know, you, you might discover that you are starting to gather a bunch of shit again because it happens. But there's a great method for controlling that also. Whenever you bring something new of value into your life, hold yourself accountable and get rid of something else that is no longer of value to you. Every time you purchase something new, every time you're gifted something, every time you find something in nature that's beautiful for your altar, per se, that has value, that is going to help you with your mindset and moving towards your visions, go find something else to get rid of at the same time. If you can do this, you're going to be a champion of eliminating distractions and dominating your focus. Whenever questioning an item's worth to you, just the most simple way to navigate whether you should keep it or not is just, does this contribute absolute value to my life? If the answer is yes, then keep it. Use it for the value. Become one with it, right? If not, donate it, trash it, sell it, or send it off to somebody who can use it as value towards their dreams. Because a lot of things that you may have might not be of value to you and who you're trying to become, but may very much so be of value to others. And in a future episode, we're going to talk about gift giving. And I'm going to tell a couple stories about remarkable experiences I had with gift giving and how things that really were no value to me became extremely valuable for others. And I think that's something that you're going to experience as well. So get on it, you sexy thing. Get out there and, and start crafting a plan. Um, there's some good stuff that you can go into deep on digital minimalism if you're if you're really looking toward to some more guided help on how to eliminate digital distractions, which maybe in this day and age have become more toxic than physical distractions to us. Uh, Cal Newport has a pretty good book called Digital Minimalism, which walks you through the process of doing this, which I really like. Um, but feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or if you want to share some of your stories or experiences. I'd love to hear I'm at Heath Fist Pumps on Instagram. And yeah, I mean, I hope that this has provided some sort of value to you and, and check back soon for some of these other episodes that are going to be coming out where we're going to discuss and kind of dissect all of these really, I mean, really sentimental things to me, I guess would be the best way to put it. Because without doing and experiencing a lot of these habits or tools or opportunities, 
Um, I would not be where I am. I would certainly probably be still stuck where I was in that house with all of that stuff and not happy, not progressing, not transcending, and not experiencing incredible things all around the world like I've been able to do since. Minimalism is one of those things that has directly impacted me on such a large scale that I can't even comprehend. And I do hope that you will explore that in your kinky little future. I'm Heath Armstrong. This is Never Stop Peaking. Thank you for listening. All the show notes, heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcast. If you want to enter the giveaway, heatharmstrong.com forward slash giveaway. You'll get entered into each episode's giveaway, plus all of the future ones that we do. I need to catch those up soon. And yeah, I'll see you in the ether. Peace. There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of smiles that will assemble with our minds and sell to earth. Hey there, sugar toots. Hope your day has been fabulous in all the right ways. I just, as we get a little bit closer to Halloween, I envision putting Milky Ways all over your chest and melting them down with my tongue. But that's a little bit explicit for this kind of show, so if you want to get more kinky with that, just find me on Grinder at Big Stinky Sexy Todd. Stinky in all the right ways, though, so don't worry about it. And Well, let's just give a round of applause to Heath for this podcast on minimalism, and you can find all of the show notes, like he said, at heatharmstrong.com forward slash podcasts, and leave us a review on the podcasting app if you don't mind, toots. We really appreciate it, and I'll see you soon in the Milky Way galaxy, if you know what I mean. Ta-ta! Ta-ta!